SAFM, leading the conversation. Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. Nothing conventional here on the viewpoint. We ask the awkward question from that untouchable. Prof Kukuvoi, good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening. How are you, ma'am? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. We don't take your time for granted. You argue that NHI, at least we are at an advanced stage as a nation for seizing the opportunity and implementing it. Yes? Yes, I do. Indeed. Tell us more about that, please. Um, what what is uh, COVID-19 has exposed? One is that we have quite a number of, of things that are working, but they are not cohesive. And with this COVID-19, everything was put in place. Um, we even automatically just saw people coming to work together and addressing health in a way that has never been addressed before. I suppose we really needed to be um, jacked up by this, although it it was not a very nice way of being jacked up, Mm. but to put in place all that we have and and stop talking and just work. I think for me that's that's one thing that that gave me hope. And, And I looked at it and I thought, you know, if we can do this, I think the NHI that we want, can come out of all this. We do have that. We have the NDP. We have um, the, the NICD. We have the NAPISA. We have all the, all those instruments. If we can then put them together and start working instead of just having meetings and meetings. Do we have the personnel in the provincial governments, in the local governments, um, to implement we, these things? No, we, we, we don't. But the thing is, if, if you look at my article, as I said, I based it on, on um, the WHO program work most of the time with them. We have the six building blocks of the health system. And if we take each one, one at a time, we have the leadership and governance, the health workforce, health information systems, financing, and access to essential medicine, and um, service delivery. Now, the health workforce is, our, is one of our weak points. And if we address that, because now it, it showed, it was really evident in, in, uh, in this COVID-19 that we don't have um, a strong health workforce. And also the leadership and governance there, but it came from, uh, you know, from people that just volunteered and just stepped up to, to, to move. Um, but, you know, for us, if we can then take each one of these building blocks, and analyze them and work hard on them. I think we will achieve it. You know, the WHO has got these six building blocks. Would they mm. be lifted and dropped, copy and paste, so to speak, and be wholly sufficient for the rollout, successful rollout, credible rollout, dignified, more importantly, dignified rollout of a mm. national health insurance system where those who are paying into it see a mm. dividend? What is the dividend? Seeing someone who doesn't have means otherwise accessing a healthcare system that is comparable, not just better than what we are having, but comparable to a country that has the same muscle, if you will, has the same mental capacity as we or academic output or sort of training facilities and output such that I can be more emboldened going forward to support the system because I am seeing the leaders 
invested in what it is that they are doing. There is no information asymmetry, therefore there is little chance of exploitation of the user or the payer and the like. Are those six building blocks, namely, as you say, leadership and governance, one, health workforce, two, health information systems, three, financing, four, which is a critical point, especially in these times where very little people are willing to part with their money, access to essential medical products, five, and technologies and service delivery, six. Is that enough to build a credible public health care system in this country? When you say enough, what do you mean? That enough, you mean if we follow each one of these, or do you mean enough that we have it in our country, or the the enough in each part? I, for the most part, we probably don't have these things in this country because the case in point oh, is exactly what the public health care system is right now, the lived experience yeah. of somebody who goes to the public health care. So I know what, yeah. I'm, uh, what this building block is. We don't have it. But when yeah. you have this and you mm. interrelate them as they should for the purposes of meeting the obligations at law and in medicine, will this mm. be enough for the NHI? And which one do you place priority on the most? I think for for me in 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 the the, the first one, if, if I have to place them, I, I know maybe other people might argue differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that you 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 have the health workforce from there you will get the leadership because the people in the work the health workforce they will understand and then they will lead. And if we start with that, because we if we don't have the health workforce, we don't have any 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 health system at all, and a very good health workforce will inform the rest of the stuff that is um you know whether we have information system they will know what is it that is required to be to be to to form a good health information system they will know the financing as well and i think what we need is is more public health uh people that that understand um the the health system rather than just putting someone it's it's a who who doesn't understand and for us that's, I think that's a reason we are in this position. It's because our health workforce is very weak. What do you mean by that? Uh, we mean, I mean, we don't have adequate numbers of people that are in, in the health system. And also our planning is affected by the, the number of people. We know that there, is a, there are plans that the government will say, you know, we need so many doctors for a number of these people, etc. Mm. But we, we seem not to get to that. Um, for some reason, it doesn't work. Other people just leave the system for various reasons. But I'm advocating that, as we have seen now with uh, COVID-19, we have to be to pull our socks and really work hard because um, we don't know when's the next pandemic coming, and we don't know um, what what the situation will be. In, in the next few months, because there are lots of people who are doing modeling, et, et cetera. Mm. For now, we are fortunate because our health system is not overloaded so far by by uh, people on ventilators, et cetera. Should that happen, we'll really be in trouble. So I think we have to go back and look at the NHI that we are protecting because it's, it's our implementing arm for the universal health coverage. Hence, I'm asking then, would these six building blocks be enough to cushion 
South Africa's public health care concerns and inevitable, I say inevitable guardedly, but nonetheless inevitable because we have not seen the worst of COVID. We have not seen the worst of what the secondary effects of the pandemic will be in terms of the general health care of the country. Is mm-hmm. there something outside what the WHO prescribes as the basic six, as the basic six building blocks, which for a South African context becomes more nuanced and might add a seventh block? Would there be one? Um, a seventh block really would would be for me what i'm saying for me from my side is that i see ourselves as as global worker as as a global partic- participants as as well as being relevant in our country so we can use what we have we don't have to add anything else because the more we add is the mm. more we confuse ourselves okay so if Fair we point. take what we have and work on that and, and improve and seriously analyze what are the issues, what is it that we, 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 we are struggling with, how can we get help. And I think for us, those six will really work. Excellent. We're in conversation, ladies and gentlemen, with Professor Kuku Voyi, who is at Tuckies, University of Pretoria, School of Health Systems and Public Health there, academic chairperson of that particular unit. We are talking about designing an NHI that will work for all of South Africans. Your comments, calls, questions, contributions and anything else in that kind is more than welcome. 0891-104-207, that's the line to call. WhatsApp voice notes, please, 0614-104-107 or drop us a message on WhatsApp. It'll be quite easy for me to read. Prof, let's talk about some of the elephants that are in this room. Um, You know, South Africa's spatial planning does have a major effect on health outcomes in this country. I can't hear you properly. You're hearing what? South Africa's health care outcomes are affected. Yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah, has what? South Africa's health care outcomes are affected Mm -hmm. by South Africa's spatial planning. In other words, you get a pop-up village... Suddenly, there has no, it has no access roads. Telecommunications are poor. There are no basic infrastructure like a police station, clinics, yeah. schools, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And mm. when people fall ill, you find that the condition that ultimately would have caused them this irreversible condition, if they were closer to a healthcare facility, might have been treated. Assuming the best of the presence of assuming the best in the presence of a healthcare facility, so how yeah. then are other factors, historical factors even, mm. impediments then to healthcare outcomes in this country? Because you find certain spaces are overloaded because that's where people are looking for opportunities, and healthcare system is not able to keep up with that development. Like Gauteng, as um, Bandile Masoko says, it's a it's a it's a migrant province, if you like. And then you have a province like the Eastern Cape, which for the most part doesn't attract people, but at mm. the same time it has low outcomes because of the poor spatial planning there. Mm, 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 mm. These, of course, then become factors that affect the performance, if you like, of yes. the overall Department of Health. Yes, it is. I agree with you because if you look at all the six, now we've been talking about the six building blocks, mm. they are interdisciplinary, as, as I mentioned in my article. Yes. And that highlights then the challenges that we are facing. If we, if we, we are not standalone in public health. Sure. We have a number of, of people. For instance, the financing is not coming from us. And uh, the That's health right. information system also is not coming from us. Um, also, this infrastructure. You know, we've got public health work. But Inzella, what we yes. need, mm. I think, is, 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 a, is a focused um, attention 
That is the NHI for now. It has been, if you look at the NHI, it's just been the, 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 the Department of Health, the health workers, and that's all the group that's been pushing and pushing and pushing. And there, there are very few other people from other departments. So if we start to be serious at looking at these building blocks, and saying in each one of these and analyze who can we bring in, do a, a good health risk assessment, do scoping, and then look at who do we want in the system and be involved and involve them. Let's take a call. Um, I have yes. a couple of questions, but I don't want to have the caller hanging. Pretoria man, Mr. Nobile, or Ms. Okay. Nobile. Good evening, Nobile. Good evening, Songs. How are you? Well, sir, how are you? Sorry about good, calling good you, Miss. So I just want to come in. Obviously, when we speak of NHI, it talks about universal health coverage. Mm. And universal health coverage means that everybody must get health care. And obviously, that's a constitutional imperative. So, But my question is, have we analyzed that in the current system, right, in the public health system, mm. if people are getting the health care that they require, before we open up to a system of a universal health coverage whereby obviously we dwell with medical aids for everybody. So for those who can afford, can't we then have a hybrid system for now until we know exactly how many people we get this current system is able to take on? Because I fear that obviously this health system is already overburdened as it, as, as it stands now. And these six pillars we speak about, we are nowhere close to, 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 to fulfilling them in the, in, the, in the near future. But also when you look at the calculations, you know, uh, even when you include the increase of taxes, that it would cost about 500 rands per individual, for instance, to be covered, whereas universally in other countries it costs about 1,700. So there will always be a shortfall in terms of funding. So how do we bring all these things together to ensure that NHI becomes a reality? I'm going to ask you to stay on the line, Walter Bengu. There might be a follow-up question on that. Go ahead, please, Prof. All right. Okay, I think what I I heard from Nobile was that those six building blocks that we kept talking about are nowhere near. They we, we are not chasing any six building blocks. What we, are, what we are saying is that these, that's a foundation. Then if we say there is no foundation, then it means there is no health system. So those six building blocks are a foundation, whether they, they, maybe the, the, the bricks are very, uh, the, the foundation is still very, uh, it's still wet at the, and, and, and it's not a firm yet, but it, they are a building block which needs to be in every country, in every society, in order that the health system is strengthened to serve the people. And universal health coverage stems from the six building blocks. So if we say in our, in our case as South Africans, we don't have these six building blocks, it means we don't have a health system. And it will be difficult then to do any, med, any, 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 any way forward. Bengu, are you answered? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. I think that does give a bit of clarity. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Perhaps I'm, I'm a little slow on this. The status quo, in other yes. words, outside NHI. Yeah. And what then will become of NHI? What is the market difference there? What's going to change to get us to NHI? What is, what, what is that thing which is not here now will be there with NHI? I think it's understanding of where we are. If we have clarity of where we are and and 
be open and be honest with everyone of where we are going. I suppose it's, it's a, there's a lot of hype around this and it's not um, explained clearly to people what is it that's happening and what is it that we have. I should be honest and we, I have never seen any, any, any honesty as we have had now with the COVID-19. I think we were so scared that we had to be honest with everybody uh, and just to, to get help to get everybody on board. Um, maybe we needed something like this to jet us up so that we can then think, think back and see what is it that we have. How can we move forward? Let's have an, a, a conversation around this with everybody having a, a starting point. That is clear. I accept for that. Everyone. Prof. What I'm actually asking is in mm. what is currently the public health care system not employing NHI or haven't yet migrated towards the universal health coverage? When we are at NHI stroke UHC, what mm-hmm. will be there as the institution for public health care that is currently not enjoyed now? I think everybody will, will have the access free access to basic health care. But that's a constitutional imperative right now in Section 27. Yes. yes. At the moment, we don't have that because I think we've been quite slow. We, we migrated from a number of, you know, in, during apartheid, we have a number of um, health departments and we moved into, into one system, but it took so long for us. I think we didn't understand that or maybe there were other things that we were rushing around. But health was one of the things that we thought it is a nice to have, not really something that we can stand on. Forgetting that a healthy a nation is a, is a nation that is well-developed, and development is, is impacting on health as well. So maybe if you understand that, that we can move forward. Here's an interesting question, and I think it really starts to address the core and critical issues. Will mm-hmm. there be a standard tariff of fees that guarantees these minimum benefits, these basic healthcare products available. That's a question that has come through, the equivalent of PMBs in private healthcare, so to speak. Another one, Steve in Bumalanga says, Sir, our present public hospitals are deteriorating to such a poor state and they are not able to be fixed. How now are they going to implement something new as the NHI to make it a reality? Those are fair comments. Yes, I think that's fair. But if, if I, I keep going back to that um, fact that says that these building blocks are interdisciplinary, mm-hmm. which means then we must have people from public works. They must participate. I think the health, um, health workers really all they do is just to look at, at, at what is in front of them and work in whatever system. Mm. And they, 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 they are very not good negotiators at times. I think as and we, we need that kind of, 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 of a force because by nature health workers are just um empathic people, people that look after the, the rest of the population but not and not in in a forceful way. So we need something like that in, in, in our system. So that if we take for instance uh, to any of these uh, meetings to say, you know, in one of in of our six building blocks we we need this. We cannot move forward because our infrastructure is not okay. So it means that we need to have this and that and that so that we have a basis. One of those building blocks, it's a basic, those are basic building mm-hmm. blocks. And we need to have across the board in all the departments or in, in, in parliament, in government, in whatever, just bring them on board. 
and discuss about health. Earlier on, and, and this does tie to this last point, earlier on you spoke about leadership and governance as well as the health workforce. What yeah. is your view in relation to the management of the hospital? Should it always be a clinician who heads up the institution itself? I'm asking this because, for instance, we had a conversation with the Premier in the Eastern Cape, and a lot yeah. of our callers were lamenting the ineptitude of the MEC for Health there, um, mm-hmm. MEC Gomba. And, mm-hmm. and many even lamented the fact that she's not a person who is at all affair with clinical terms because she's not a medical doctor, and I don't think yeah. she's a nurse either. Now, so for the purposes of managing the workforce and managing the governance and leadership aspect, who then mm. should be running a healthcare facility, a clinician or somebody who is simply going to make sure the institution runs efficiently, almost like that of a business? Secondly, um, in, 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 in medicine, once you start specializing, there are many areas of, spe- of specialization. Public health medicine is one of those, and, um, and also uh, the masters in public health. That is why with WHO, if you're going to work there, they, they require those um, degrees. So mm. for us, we should as well. We cannot have someone who doesn't know uh, policy and management or somebody who doesn't know the other fields of, of, of public health, like health promotion. Because as a clinician, all you know is to stand in front of you know, a patient. But with public health, is is one person to many, not a one-to-one as, mm, in, as, mm, as in a mm. clinical setting. So I do agree that we must have somebody who is, who is uh, clear about uh, the clinical aspect, but at the same time trained to manage. Fantastic. Final comment. You had said we don't have the workforce. What do you say of the many who have graduated from South African and even Cuban universities who have not been able to find placement in public health care? One. Two, the importation of Cuban doctors to reinforce essentially the public health care workers in this country. That surely must be difficult for somebody who's sitting at home unemployed to swallow. Yeah, our the, the, the public health system in Cuba is geared towards uh, primary health, which is, is mostly um, what we would like to see in South Africa as a preventative kind of, 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 of health care system. Um, that, that's one. And the second one that you asked about uh, why we have people who are sitting at home, I think it's a finance kind of a thing because if, if we don't have enough budget, you cannot buy something that you don't have you, you, if you don't have mm, any money. So enough. I think it, it it brings then the other departments like Treasury and and the rest so that they should understand that we need a budget towards this. But unfortunately, some of uh, of our budget goes towards uh, paying a lot of other things which have got very little or nothing to do with public health, like for instance, lawsuits and everything like that. So... I, I would like to see that the other departments work hand in hand with the Department of Health in order for us all to have um, a good system that is working for everybody. Okay. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Prof. Kukuvoi, Academic Chairperson, School of Health Systems and Public Health at Turkey. Thank you so much for your time. Thoroughly enlightening.